advanced cryptozoology and all subjects of theosophic truth, esotericism, and the occult. The Beyond a Top Secret Texan Podcast. Namaste and shalom, everybody out there in dreamland. Thank you once again for tuning in to another broadcast of the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast. I am the Beyond Top Secret Texan. Coming to you from the third coast, the coast with the most, the Gulf Coast of Texas. It's my privilege to be doing so, to be bringing you what I feel is incredibly important information, what I feel is incredibly relevant information, poignant information, with very real ramifications in the future. Today, I'm going to be speaking about the future civil war in Texas. That's right. When many people think about a future civil war, especially a future civil war in the United States, they often think it in terms of national identity. And an idea of East versus West, or liberal versus conservative, but they don't think, or even state versus state, but they don't think of internal civil wars within the states themselves at a micro-political level when considering the federal level of government being the what most people think of the actual ruling powers and elite political figures of the United States federal government basically resting in the hands of 600 individuals spread across the many federal government agencies that operate as autonomous bureaus or departments within a larger corporation meant to process citizens, collect taxes from their labors, but in doing so represent a national persona or interest, a collective will that's beyond 50 states, but a gestalt American identity in terms of both domestic and ever increasingly often and ever increasingly more serious internationally as an emperorless empire. An empire whose autonomy rests in its own corporate identity and mission statement of manifest destiny and a total domination of the world 
in connection with its various, uh, you know, interests, agendas, and organizations that were created to fulfill them. We're not talking about a civil war amongst a federal versus a grassroots level government. We are talking about literally a war, hopefully, a only a cultural war, only a non-violent, peaceful war of civil disobedience, of self-rights and indigenous populations reclaiming land originally separated to from them in apartheid systems as well as other uh, rectifications of mistakes inside the very framework of the identity of Texas itself as a governing operating state entity responsible for both the culture and legal representation and personal autonomy of over 25 million human beings with an economy that is larger than many first world nations and BRICS nations with a cultural legacy that is both old and new rapidly evolving and in its evolution destined for greatness whether it be great evil or great good is to be decided within the coming decades and especially the next decade to come as we enter the 21st century as we exit the old world of the 20th century in many ways, Texas needs to be understood for having crossed directly from the 19th century into the 21st century, uh, both, both paradoxically both later than the rest of the nation that it's, that it's a part of, that serves, as well as ahead of its time in many, many regards. That needs to be respected and it needs to be appreciated for what it is. That's the absolute raw potential for Texas to be literally the leading state in the United States in terms of technology, economic um, you know, growth and power, as well as international presence and reputation. Um, and not seen simply as a antiquated... Uh, feudalistic or providential uh, pastoral rural um, you know backwater because it truly is like a Middle Eastern nation and has to be understood in terms of a growth in, in, in the ways of a Middle Eastern nation such as uh, Dubai or uh, Qatar, or uh, Saudi Arabia, you know, in terms of that level of progress, seemingly overnight in the 20th century, due to the oil boom and the ri 
rich amount of demand for beef and locally produced cotton, as well as the large territory with which to expand and exploit that would bring <coughs> rather <coughs> rather extraordinary riches to the everyday person throughout the strata. A rising tide carries all ships. And Texas has been legendary for several things, including uh, wealth, uh, natural resources in abundance, and uh, plenty of area and population with which to explore and with which to uh, utilize however one can. This... Okay, so this is where the backdrop of... Texas isn't without a quick history lesson, with a very quick history lesson. Texas is one of an independent spirit of revolutionary thinking, of constant um, progress and evolution forward. But the ideas present have never been perfect. And since the establishment of the federal state of Texas... From the Republic of Texas, uh, things have been operating as a colony, as a colonized apartheid state for much of its existence, uh, controlled by internal factors which currently control Texas and need to be dealt with, need to be uh, forced out into the light, forced out into the open, need to be mobilized against, and need to be um, taken measures to prevent from ever controlling through subversive measures, again, as an elite, uh, less than 1%, very, very elite aristoc aristocracy through law and uh, judicial means through... Um, Basically, contracts that control uh, connections to the federal government at large, you know, like the, the greater 50 states, United States federal government, as well as big business, international affairs, etc. The basically Texas Illuminati. And uh, I'll go into greater depths about that, but that's basically who's been controlling and who's been directing Texas for the last hundred years plus. Hasn't been the people of Texas. It has operated as a colony controlled by Freemasons and various other occult groups that have dealt with Texas as a fiefdom, as a feudal state, and controlled it with an iron fist through their extremely draconian police state structure and their special agents, the secret police of Texas, the Texas Rangers, and various other... They even have a private military. Um, and yes, there's a lot of cultural identity and um, power centered within Texas itself operating as a kingdom within a larger Freemasonic kingdom of 50 kingdoms uh, controlled by the United States corporate Rockefeller government. But don't get 
yourself wrong whenever you hear or don't don't get it wrong whenever you hear uh Texas refusing the federal mandates of say the Democrats in Washington DC or anything else as an affirmation of states rights because it still receives billions of dollars from federal grants it still has a very close relationship with the federal government and the military the privatized uh you know military globalist military ran by Freemasonry and the Rockefeller Company and corporations, as well as many different foreign governments, uh, you know, at, at all. As well. So it's basically double-dipping. It's having its uh, cake and eating it, too, in terms of being able to fur- fully benefit from all that is America and capitalism under America, you know, the federal government itself, as well as the secret societies and the, the occult connections, etc., the academic uh, world with the University of Texas, you know, the close ties it has to NASA, um, the CIA, etc., and, uh, you know, it's lucrative military-industrial contracts. You know, it basically is the hub of a massive amount of service members being recruited and enlisted to provide for these service needs, the staffing needs for the military. Many times the global war on terror uh, the absolutely the global war on terror could not have existed the way it was without Texas and without Texans literally supplying a majority of the service personnel across the five branches throughout the last twenty years. It basically is a central heart of America. It's a heartland of America more now so than uh, any other state uh, outside maybe California or New York City in terms of cultural importance. Um, now when you actually think about resources, etc., that, that increases it, and that's why there's so much power within this one kingdom, but don't get yourself, uh, confused that it's absolutely run exactly like all the other parts of the kingdom are run, as a corporation, as a Freemasonic occult cabal, and as a network of aristocratic 1% elites, uh, family is controlling a massive amount of land with more in common with wealthy internationalists like the House of Saud or like uh, Indian, you know, aristocracy in, in the subcontinent or African, you know, aristocracy billionaires who um, control entire tribes and populations as a resource, you know, just, you know, as, as like, a, as a... Uh, uh, a reference point to see what we're getting at. Now, that's internally the status quo, the ruling power that will be subject to rebellion and will be rebelled against by the people if they so wish to seek their freedom and to preserve their ways of life, their chances at achieving property and wealth, etc., and hopefully it will be a peaceful revolt, or we'll get into different methodologies, etc., but this, is, this episode is just to name it, excuse me, just to name it, just to get it out there, just to kind of make it known, right? You gotta name the enemy, you gotta know the enemy, and you gotta know the enemy, you gotta name the enemy, right? So that internally... That's what is ruling Texas as the evil rulers of this kingdom. 
the external enemies are twofold. And one can hardly, or one can hesitate to call them external enemies in the traditional sense of the word because external enemies are archetypically hostile and seeking to invade or disrupt your nation's, you know, foreign affairs through violence because they're ideologically opposed to your existence or to your agenda or will. Right? Your traditional arch enemy Spain when it came in terms of like England. Whenever they met each other they basically started shooting and, and, and you know attacking or pillaging or pirating you know on site. Because you know Catholic and Protestant etc. You know like things like that. No. We have two external parasitic entities that are operating much in the same way but one is doing so legally and the other is doing so illegally but both are highly organized highly technologically savvy and highly business savvy and using Texas very very uh capitalist-friendly, classically Western uh, capitalist, you know, uh, laissez-faire type um, legal structure, you know, to purchase not only companies and corporations, but massive amounts of land, natural resources, um, right out from under deserving locals due to the power of just the almighty dollar and in essence invade with the occult Freemasonic government's blessing our birthright as native born Texans and force competition between us as everyday indigenous citizens of a tribe, Texans, of a land, Texas, whose natural resources are our birthright to be handled as we see fit, bought by people who only regulate through law and through contract, selling acreage on a map that they may have seen on photos but have never visited or maybe even visited but never really cared for. You know, they have more in common with the people they're buying and trading this land with who are members of the Chinese Communist Party. In many cases, uh, United Kingdom corporate interests who are purchasing land, um, you know, by the hundreds of thousands of acres for various uh, projects like agricultural um, you know uh, projects that, that help increase their their yields the the number of Middle Eastern Middle Eastern 
power brokers, oil companies, and petrochemical uh, industry industrial companies. Um, it is staggering. It basically is if the OPEC is operating with impunity and immunity on the United States Texas Gulf Shore, just as it does in the Red Sea or the Persian Gulf. And while this may seem completely logical in terms of America's very bizarre and perverse petrochemical globalist structures, where these corporations are given impunity because they represent America or the West or Western power, one has to understand that not one dollar beyond what's paid in wages and what's beyond paid in labor or within the purchase of the land or in taxation. So not one dollar from these mega corporations of their profit returns to the Americans or returns to the Texan Aboriginal Indigenous Citizen. Shell Oil, uh, the BP Oil, all the major oil companies that are operating on Texas soil using Texas attorneys uh, who are educated in Texan schools, who use Texan laborers, who are trained in Texas uh, trade schools to operate in their oil rigs on their uh, industrial plants and their refineries, uh, to operate in their skyscrapers in downtown uh, Houston or Dallas, regardless of the salary space, are getting pennies, pennies compared to the absolute uh, fortunes that are being made by these corporate interests, and it all is piped just like the uh, fuel itself, right back to those nations, not returned in the slightest to the average, everyday indigenous citizen of Texas. While we suffer all the environmental damage, lose out competitively on our own ability to create industry as our, our nationalized, and I use that term with quotations, nationalize the profits and the uh, export, you know, you know, powers that that reputation it gets to return to Texan and to be entirely Texan based, but rather we are having it and giving it away, basically giving it away, um, just because it's a federal, federally agreed on business platform to have our natural resource and industrial refinery process operated by foreign companies. Yes, they're the United Kingdom. Yes, we have a special relationship with them, etc. They are European Union companies. They are controlled by Mexico or other various nations, the Middle East, China, but they are not Texan companies. And yes, there are promises to employ 100% Texas labor, etc. Like the Toyota plant in Texas. That's something that doesn't even have to do with uh, natural resources. The Toyota plant is considered a very good thing for the Texas economy because it employs Texas auto uh, manufacturers, laborers, uh, you know, everything from administrators on down to the people who are selling the Toyotas themselves, right? So that boosts the economy. But, but 
Toyota is a Japanese company, and all the proceeds, profits, and prestige of Toyota is originally and always going to go back to Japan. So whenever you see Toyota in Texas, and even there's a sticker that says made in Texas, you can never say that Toyotas were Texan. That's a Japanese product that we have had to make a special relationship with, a globalist relationship with, against our very wishes, against our very um, core, and tolerate it and take it as better than nothing rather than being able to control our very destiny as a manufacturing capital, you know, um, a, a hub of our own um, industry, right? We, like, Texas cannot decide or create its own brand of vehicles to compete on the automotive market with proceeds being shared to its employees and overall maybe even the state, which would go back to the everyday person and, you know, um, in a type of a roundabout, but, but ultimately healthy way. They would rather us be excited for a Tesla company, Gigafactory or whatever, coming into Austin, Texas, our very capital. But a California company made by a South African tech billionaire uh, who got his money through PayPal and through his own trust fund is going to build inefficient, uh, terrible vehicles in Texas. And this is all considered as if though it's a great leap forward into the future while we, the everyday Texan had zero, zero say in any single part of this decision as it was all created through negotiations between the billionaire classes, which is another in external hybrid uh, enemy. And I consider Elon Musk to be amongst the foreign element of this and not a domestic, because, yes, the domestic invaders of the United States colonizing Texas is a severe issue as well. But let's not, let's just, I guess, start talking about both those. So, yes, where we get the foreign investing, the foreign direct investor, the, which I call the foreign direct invader, uh, Chinese uh, communist billionaires buying private land, Bill Gates, uh, Elon Musk, and um, Jeff Bezos, as well as politicians like the Bushes moving into Texas and claiming large parts of it as their own in terms of uh, cultural legacy and uh, the lucrative, you know, cabal system that they create around themselves, which is completely bullshit and bogus. Those are two East Coast Connecticut Yale people who were German in descent, and they come to Texas, buy a couple of ranches, Herschel Ranch, um, up there, and then... Um, the San Jose Island down in the Gulf, and it's their vacation areas, and they take private planes across to different ranches, etc., etc. This is all what I'm talking about. The, the actual beauty and massive amounts of land and natural resources and wealth is exploited both by the native population and the foreign population who claim to be native 
legally because that's allowable within our framework in the discussion we're talking about. You can always move to another state and then say you're from that state and say you love that state and you have that state's best interest in mind, but ultimately be a subversive agent because your ways are not native, not local, but because America basically allows that and has no um, control over that, that's absolutely a part of the discussion. Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, uh, and, you know, the Bushes are just the tip of the iceberg. Right now, we're currently dealing with a massive flood, and I mean flood, of Californians who are coming into Texas, a massive amount of blue staters who are coming into Texas attempting to flee the failed social systems of their states but having been already radicalized and conditioned to accept cultures that are very alien and different to Texas and its traditional way of life, or even its modern way of life, um, are going to try to integrate themselves into local government and going to successfully do this in many cases, given the massive amount of apathy in small populations and the amount of population disturbance that's going on. As well as the fact that these exotic newcomers are going to be seen just as that, exotic and um, new. And worth investing into by anyone with the idea of anything else but Texas first mentality. The occult cabal, the rich foreigners, etc. These people are going to look very attractive to them to sit on city council, school boards, local political um, organizations, etc., you know, NGO groups, school boards, you know, what have you, you know, um, professors, etc., they're already, they, they, the idea of Texas for Texans is, 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 yes, true, but also very uh, quickly becoming irrelevant. Because, of course, it's a first-world international company. I know many people who migrated to Texas from foreign nations, let alone people who come from New York State, people who come from Nevada, Utah, Idaho. Uh, Army, um, the military connection alone allows for a massive transference of people, but we have such a good reputation, you know, that basically the, the world seeks us out, and there's a direct pipeline between the United Kingdom, between the Ukraine and Russia, to Texas, between many Mediterranean countries, between, they said, the Middle East, India, uh, Asia, Vietnam, China, Chinatown in Houston is so large that the Chinese had a consulate office there that was actually an office for the Communist Chinese Party and burned its records before it was raided by the federal United States government. We have massive amounts of foreign intelligence activity in our country from Pakistan's intelligence service to Mossad operating out of San Antonio along with the CIA, operating Stratfor, which employs Alex Jones, who is Austin, Texas local, and, you know, very much the epitome of this new world Texan. Internationally focused, but locally cultured, as it were. Uh, but absolutely, in this $100 million uh, a year earnings, or, or $100 million over the last 10 year earnings, uh, absolutely, this idea of wealth 
you know, this, this country club attitude is a fiefdom, it's a feudalist system that these people are hoping to buy into, that these people are hoping to run, not to escape into sanity as they are trying to proclaim, like, oh, we're coming from California because the taxation is crazy. Within five to ten years, those people are going to try to make Texas like California in every single way, including policies regarding LGBT, policies regarding immigration, policies regarding sanctuary cities, policies regarding abortion, uh, medical uh, uh, care like um, sex change operations provided by the state, uh, leniencies for criminal justice programs, etc. Maybe even the repeal of the death penalty. Uh, There are many things on the table that are, on the face of it, highly idiosyncratic, yes, politically, but things like the changes in gun laws are, are, uh, you know, weed legalization. Yes, some of them are extremely welcome, like in the weed legalization. Not all change is bad, but we should also have the vote, and we should also be allowed to make that choice. Not the overwhelming surge of domestic migrants um, who are going to try to, quote-unquote, flip Texas blue. And this is a thing that's going to be happening in the next several election cycles is this great talk about switching the red state blue by politically exploiting systems with Californian migrants to disbalance and proportionally sink cities into Democratic, or quote-unquote liberal Democrat, which is typically Democratic, uh, mind frames. But even in California, Republicans and conservatives are considered by Texas standards extremely socially liberal. This is just something that's on the horizon. These are foreign, these are domestic invaders. They said there's foreign direct invaders. These are domestic indirect invaders. Not necessarily seeking to outwardly exploit or control Texas, but doing just that. And in many cases, doing even more than those foreign direct investors, which seem very apolitical, um, as much as they are extremely corrupting. (laughs) And then the third, or I guess you'd call even the fourth, because there's two groups inside that second group, right? But the third, the absolute third distinct group, is the criminal, the organized crime syndicates. And this equates to terrorism. The radical, militant, armed drug cartel armies that operate outside the border of Texas with absolute impunity and rule it can extend their reach violently across Texas with massive amounts of accuracy and rapidity and also near invulnerability given the crippling amount of corruption socially that they're able to exert an influence both uh, through all strata of society, through all caste society, uh, dealing the massive amounts of finances that they're handling and able to, um, you know, utilize 
that we're not talking about organized drug smuggling gangs. We're not talking about organized drug smuggling cartels and outfits. We are talking about stateless, rogue, or allied bandit armies, mercenary armies that are using drug profits to only militarize, arm, and train literally thousands of troops specializing in everything from, um, you know, armored convoy to, to, um, assassination, covert assassination. This is an extremely serious issue. The most serious issue as it stands because it is so anarchic and so violent and dangerous to everyday citizens along both the Texas border but across the state of Texas that it is the most akin to a foreign invading army literally being foreign invaders in most cases but also extending their ranks to native born Texans crossing the border politically with permission and and immunity and also living full time within the United States border so it's yes they are Mexican cartels yes they are Mexican drug cartels but they are a pan-national Latin American tribal system of a modern day uh, nature that operates like Al-Qaeda that operates like ISIS that operates like um, Hezbollah or Hamas it operates with that level of organization with a level of violence and political and social control as agendas for their very existence as well as the shipping of internationally of drugs you know narcotics uh, controlled uh, objects in the black market like stolen cars etc and their their influence extends into Europe Africa Australia across the world internationally right but as much as they are business oriented drug trafficking cartels they are also rogue, independent, stateless entities like Al-Qaeda, ISIS, etc. But their ideology is very much based on their own rise to power within a very specific power structure of organized crime itself. Specifically within... Uh, their own worldview, it is where they're most prioritized. So this is ultimately why they haven't attacked or uh, openly attacked American or American soil, American cities, because they're not ideologically opposed to America. They wish to trade with America. They're parasitic because they need American markets to exist and to be preserved. But they are willing to kill Americans in terms of controlling drug markets or controlling 
um, the sale or production of drugs. Um, they have already destroyed and uh, replaced most of the existing organized criminal structure in the West and in the South of the America or even the Central Corridors uh, with their sights on the East uh, Coast with its own corrupt and labyrinthian organized crime structures. But like I said, they're internationally already operating. Um, and they so they're even stronger than ideologically established organizations like Al-Qaeda or ISIS or the Taliban because those countries are extremely unpopular and they cannot operate, you know, within other nations because of the cultural and uh, extremism. Now, drug gangs are culturally neutral. They only wish to deal drugs and to wish to control and to destroy other drug gangs and so are not openly, you know, attacking citizenry, but these people also engage in human trafficking, and kidnapping, and extortion, and when endangered, have currently and recently attacked cities, laid siege to police forces, uh, required the intervention of Mexican Marine Corps uh, personnel and armored vehicles, like helicopters, attack helicopters, and have already been considered to be put on the global terrorist list. It's a gray area, though, because the idea of them requiring... of being on the global terrorist list is... is based on their actions, which include terror tactics, organized murders, organized tortures, the proliferation of material propaganda, uh, the rising, like I said, of an independent army treating them as mercenary forces, providing uh, military training and arms, and creating a paramilitary nation-state based on drug cartels. Uh, we have the Gulf Cartel below Brownsville in the Gulf of Mexico area in the Yucatan, and they control all of the Gulf of Mexico area, organized criminally way. And... Exactly, that is absolutely the case. They control Corpus Christi, they control Padre Island, they control Brownsville, they control Port Isabel, they control Galveston, they control Houston, they control all of the Gulf Coast of Texas, right? All the way up to Louisiana, all the way up to Florida, across the Gulf of Mexico, all the Caribbean and, um, and um, you know, South American type connections to through Venezuela, Brazil, north of that. All the Central and South American countries, all the way up through the East Coast, is the Gulf Cartels. Right, and they have an open standing military. They have camouflaged uniforms, they walk around with assault weapons, special forces training in the local environment. Currently, as we are speaking, as you are listening to this, there are troops in armored vehicles, tactical utility trucks with machine guns, 50 cows mounted on the back of them, doing patrols. In their cartel lands, in their territories, they are flying helicopters to transport their higher officials and commanding officers. They have motorcades. They have entire towns serving as forward operating bases, garrisons, um, weapons depots, uh, logistics. They have drones. They have submarines. They have a naval fleet of privately owned vehicles. They have aircraft. 
They have walkie-talkies. They got night vision. They got satellite communications. All of that. They operate like a literal first world, first tier mercenary company like Blackwater. And they have secret agents, sleeper cells in all 50 states, specifically in their territories. And then that's not even the only operating a major drug cartel, Mexican drug cartel, on the South Texas border. There is Los Zetas. There are the uh, cartel, um, cartel uh, Jalisco Nueva Generacion, the new generation of Jalisco uh, cartel. Uh, there are um, Sinola cartel members from the West Coast always trying to invade into uh, this territory and between the Zetas and the CJMG, uh, the uh, cartel Jalisco Nueva Generacion, those are probably the two most bloodthirsty, anarchic, violent drug gangs in the entirety of Mexico or North America and even the Western Hemisphere. Outside of maybe FARC in Colombia. And Colombia treats FARC like a rebel army. Which is what I'm trying to say. Is that they operate like rebel armies. Except FARC is far more political. And thus is far easier to identify their operations. Whereas, like I said, the drug cartels are parasitic. They're not ideologically opposed to either Mexico or the United States. They take advantage of the loopholes presented in the relationships of both nations. Um, They use the nations to grow stronger being parasitic than they are oppositional. But they are increasingly oppositional when it comes to the United States legal and United States Justice Department, the DEA, FBI, ATF, you know, uh, even the military police, DIA, etc., CIA, are treating the drug cartels increasingly like terrorist organizations. They're treating their drug cells of fighters, of their garrisons, as terrorists, as actual terrorist training camps, as actual violent extremist jihadists because that's what the drug cartels currently are becoming and have been for a very long time. They have been this way for at least 15 years. The drug wars in Mexico have claimed upwards of between 500,000 to 1 million casualties with 30 Sorry, with 300,000 of those casualties suspected to be civilian caught in crossfire or targeted law enforcement agents, local town politicians, civilians, etc., etc. You know, it's very hard to tell which one is a civilian and which one is a criminal, but it's estimated that a majority of the casualties, or at least a a good amount of the casualties in the last 15 years, were innocent civilians trying to either stand against the drug cartels, um, you know, in their own official ways or unofficial ways, being journalists uh, or, or very often targeted by drug cartels 
if they're trying to report on their activities. Um, local politicians are definitely and extremely targeted with thousands of local mayors being, or thousands of individual mayors across Mexico being targeted over the last 15 years and, and assassinated, police sheriffs, etc. But um, the, the casualty between 500,000 to a million, it's incredibly hard to to actually convey this. This happened right outside the border of the United States of America. This happened in a established North American country, Mexico. It happened in full sight of the news. It happened in full sight of the military. It happened in full sight of the Mexican government and their military. And it was allowed to happen. And they were allowed to increase in strength and constantly continue to war without end until now they have formed as these mighty criminal empires that are in many ways stronger than even ISIS was in its prime time was stronger than even Al-Qaeda was during its prime in 2001. Stronger even than the Taliban is currently. And yes, that is the most serious threat to Texas within the next decade, and definitely the decades to come. And yes, as much as I wish a domestic non-violent solution can be discovered to handle our enemies internally, the occult Freemasonic cabal that has allowed this to exist and has done so corrupted by these two extremist invading powers, the legal and the criminal, and as much as I hope that we can find within the very legal system that allowed the exploitation and theft of our indigenous rights and land, our birthright taxes itself to the foreigners like Elon Musk, like the Chinese billionaires, like the United Kingdom companies that are buying tracts of land at record paces, all for the price of the mighty dollar and given without forethought of consequence are the future of Texas, the competition, as much as it imbalances it, as much as a theft, really, to people's lands and rights of all of us, because they treat us like cattle, they treat us absolutely like cattle, these feudal masters, these occult elite. As much as I wish we have a peaceful way of resolving this so that we do not damage the optimistic timeline of the golden, you know, peaceful dawn, as much as I hope that, I know for certain there is no peace possible between us and these drug gangs, these cartels, if we are to be an independent people, if we are to be a people who are deciding our own destiny, we must not only consider them as dangerous an enemy as ever there has been to the rights and future of a peaceful, free Texas, as Santa Ana was to the Republic of Texas during the Texas War of Independence. Because just like 
Santa Ana invaded from Mexico and pushed an army into the north and destroyed cities and destroyed armies and killed prisoners ruthlessly to terrorize us as an enemy. These gangs will do ten times that. With the amount of weaponry they have at their disposal, with the organizations that they have at their disposal, with the violence that they are accustomed to, the ruthlessness that they personify, and the terrorist tactics that they have, the standing border guard will not be enough. The National Guard will not be enough. The Texas State Guard will not be enough. It will involve the actual mobilization of the United States Army or it will involve the mobilization of a Texas militia to rise in the number of millions of able-bodied men and women willing to join a militia, militarize, and protect the actual sovereign borders of Texas and the vulnerable populations of the border along both the Gulf Coast and, you know, international highways to seek out within our very cities with patrols, with civilian investigation, with with the actual... um, Inclusions of national, international, like Interpol, as well as domestic uh, investigative efforts to try to find as many drug cartel members within cities. And our cities are in the millions. Dallas, Houston, Austin, San Antonio. These are major metropolitan areas with massive amounts of Hispanic, massive amount of migrant, first-generation migrant, uh, Spanish-speaking, affluent Spanish-speaking native language uh, populations that would have to be thoroughly vetted as potential enemies of the state and potential enemies of us as Texans because it would have to be considered affiliation to them affiliation to MS-13 the Mexican Mafia uh, any one of the gangs Latino Kings uh, the Gulf Coast Cartel, CJNG, the Zetas, is affiliated of joining ISIS. It's the same as being in Al-Qaeda. It's the same as being in the Taliban and on American soil. Potential terror suspect and enemy of the state, enemy of uh, homeland security. It's a threat to homeland security. And we would have to create a prison site like Guantanamo Bay, but in Texas, or even off-site to try to control the massive security threats that would arise. You would see acts of terrorism. You would see bombings. You would see mass shootings in public as these zealot suicide soldiers of the Mexican drug cartels move their war against humanity up across our border and right into our laps. And before we are victims... We should be the aggressor because the best defense is a great offense. Bringing the war with the Mexican government's permission across the border and securing what they cannot. The massive amount of wilderness in the Yucatan, Gulf of Mexico area as well as the 
what is the northern Mexican border, but the southern Texas border, which we have much more developed and much more secure compared to Mexico, which is exactly legendary for its corruption, police incompetence, and the fact that these gangs really do fucking exist, and they lost 500,000 to 1 million people in the last 15 years. Let's call it for what it is. Their nation has fallen into chaos and gang rule. And if we're going to fly out across the world to intervene in countries and the global war on terror against dictators, to fight for freedom, to fight against uh, jihadists, to fight against extremists, to fight for, to bring liberty to people, to save women and children from these uh, violent, you know, uh, men. We have every obligation and duty to invade and secure Mexico and secure the future for Mexico as Texans, as Americans, because this is absolutely within our backyard that an enemy worse than ISIS is operating with immunity and growing stronger every single day. And that's it for the part one of the Texas Civil War, where we just identified their enemies, the, clo- the global occultists, the cabalists, the Freemasons that operate l- with legacy as aristocratic elite lords in Texas treating people like cattle, the foreign direct invaders of businesses and billionaires within other ro- other enemy state systems like communist China, the United Kingdom, the monarchy that they present, as well as the Middle East, and the massive amount of control they're exerting over our resources as the Kabbalists sell them our land, the Californians and other billionaires from America that are traveling to Texas to change it politically, to corrupt it, to purchase it, basically, and morph it into something of their image, which is not ours, to flipping it to blue, and the Mexican cartels that are operating as pirate mercenary armies to the real-life loss and tragedy of hundreds of thousands of people every year right at our southern border, and if that violence grows to a certain extent and extremity will surge over across our border and will be the greatest enemy that an independent, newly formed utopian Texas ever will face. So thank you all very much for listening to me, the Beyond Top Secret Texan, broadcasting to you from the third coast, coast of the most, Gulf Coast of Texas, namaste and shalom, iron sharpens iron, a friend sharpens a friend. Thank you all very much once again. God bless you and your families. Join me on uh, Instagram, join me on social media, on Twitter, join me um, through Linktree, Linktree, Beyond Top Secret Texan, and I got a new Patreon, Patreon slash Beyond Top Secret Texan, oh sorry, Beyond Top Secret Text, Texas all cap, on that new Patreon page. This is going to be exclusive, so thank you all very much for having uh, joined me already as a member of my anchor. You guys rock, love you all, good night, out of here.
bloodstained hands that ran away and left the scene of the crime last night always stood on the other side never thought the roof would cave in where you were hiding there's a Yeah. 